chapter number 4 and verse number 5, Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, Who will show us any good, Lord, if thou lift up the light of thy countenance upon us? Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time of their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. The battle of the millennia is evil versus good, and that has not changed. It's the same battle that has gone on for thousands of years, and it is a battle that will reign and go on, continue, until the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. And we should not be surprised that we are in a battle. I think the Lord told us that we, needed, that we were soldiers. Uh, and he told us that we needed to put on the whole armor of God that, me, that we may able, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. When we think about our nation and the decline that it's in. A nation that at one time touted in God we trust. It's a nation now that no longer touts that. Though it, that's, that is the motto, it is the official motto of the United States, in God we trust. And there's a decline that is going on in our country, and we are seeing it in our lifetime. But we are here for such a time as this. God is not surprised. And with uh, with his sovereignty, he knew exactly who would be born. He knew exactly who would live. He knew who would, who would experience the different uh, trials and pressures of each and every generation. When we look at Psalm chapter 4, we find that David is, uh, is fighting a battle. It is a battle of evil and good. He has experienced, he has seen some things take place. And D David, the psalmist, is calling out to God. He is condemning the evildoers uh, of the day. But in verse number six, he says, there, many, there be many that say, who will show us any good? There be many that say, who will show us any good? And here as we look at the condition, and I'm sure David, as he was listening, he was watching the demise, he was watching evil prevail, and he was looking at it, and people were saying, who can show us any good out of everything that is going on? This morning, I want to speak to you on the subject, show me the good. Show me the good. And let's pray together. Father, we are thankful for your goodness. We're thankful that you have uh, not left your throne. And Lord, we come to you this morning uh, here in this service and online. Uh, Lord, we are gathering this morning to hear from heaven. And I pray that you would just give us guidance and wisdom. Uh, lead us, direct us, help us uh, as we endeavor to, uh, to move forward uh, as we are living in these days. And, and help us, Lord, to uh, grow in our faith. And so bless now this morning uh, as we look at your word, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. So 
uh, here, the people uh, in, in David's day, they were looking to God and many were saying, who will show us any good? They were saying, God, what good can this bring? All of the evil triumphing, what, what good can this bring? Uh, God, I can't see any good. Who will show us uh, the good? Uh, God, can you show me any good that, uh, that will transpire because of these events when the evil, uh, when the evil of the day are, are, uh, are prospering? And, and we, we look heavenward today and we're just saying, Lord, show me the good. Show me the good. What, what are some good things that we can see uh, in our day? Uh, I truly believe that uh, there, there, was, uh, there was fraud. I believe that. Uh, I believe that uh, the election was not a uh, true election. Uh, I believe that there was uh, things that were done to undermine the election. Uh, but regardless of whether that comes out as true or not, it really does not change the situation that we are in. Whether we agree with the election, disagree with the election, life still moves on. And we can say that we agree, we can say we disagree, but we still have a life to live. And you know, I, I uh, you you watch some of the news and uh, you hear some of the events, and they talk about fraud uh, going on and dead people voting, and and that has gone on for forever. Uh, that's something that's not new to 2020. Uh, that's something that has taken place uh, since voting has gone on. Uh, but Miss Lena, she got two votes. She got two ballots sent to her. And you wonder, Miss Lena has integrity. She did not vote on both of them. Brother Jordan voted on the second one, but uh, Miss Lena did not. Uh, but no, uh, she had two votes come in. And we, we just sort of wonder uh, how, how, how uh, prevalent that was. Uh, I was looking at the numbers uh, of the election, and they, uh, uh, they, they state that there are 24 million, if you look at the census, there are 24 million uh, Californians that are, uh, 24 million that are uh, 18 and older right now. Out of the 24 million, 22 million are registered to vote. I don't know that I believe that. But out of that, only 14 million voted in California. It's unbelievable to think those that did have the ability to vote who just let it pass. You know, uh, had, had we, uh, as conservatives, as Christians, voted our biblical values, and I pray that we here did, and I believe that we did. I believe that we did what we could do. Uh, we've prayed. Uh, we have done what we could to uh, promote biblical values, and we can't change the entire nation, but we can at least show them what side we're on. Uh, but, but with that, uh, whether there was fraud, whether there was not fraud, uh, we can't change that. But what we can do is make sure that we are responding in such a way that it, it is honoring to the Lord. There is still a way God wants us to respond. 
David here in this passage of scripture, he was living in a day when evil prevailed. And now when evil prevailed, how, how did he respond? And that's what we're going to look at here this morning. I, I think there are some things that we can look uh, at, at how we can uh, respond. Uh, show, show me the good. Uh, here in our, in our nation, when the republic is on a precipice uh, uh, of going a wrong direction, uh, and uh, we look at that, I, I, I realize that, that people came to America and are coming to America. Uh, why? Because it's a new land. It's a new start. It's a new dream. Uh, this is still uh, the land of the home of, and the, uh, the free. Uh, and so uh, we, are, we are thankful uh, for, for that. Uh, but there are, there are people who have come to our nation who have experienced the oppression of communism. There are people who are uh, wanting to come here or who have come who have experienced the poverty of socialism, uh, people who have experienced the, ter- uh, the terror of a dictatorial or corrupt government. Uh, Ellis Island uh, was a place where many came to our country in hope of something good. And you know what? We still have the greatest nation on the earth. There are, there, are, there are problems with our country, yes. There are problems with our government, yes. There are problems with our society, absolutely, there are. Uh, but we still have a great nation. And I'm, st- I'm thankful for the freedoms that we have. Uh, in uh, the early 1900s, Emma Lazarus uh, wrote a poem, and it was put on a plaque and attached to the base of the Statue of Liberty. You've heard part of this, I'm sure. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, the tempest tossed to me. I lift up my lamp beside the golden door. And America is still the place where people come for freedom. And, you know, we think, well, evil is prevailing, but there's still a lot of good. There is still a lot of good. Uh, our, our, uh, uh, we think about uh, Proverbs chapter uh, 6 and verse number 12, the Bible says, A naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. He winketh with his eyes. He speaketh with his feet. He teacheth with his fingers. Frowardness is in his heart. He deviseth mischief continually. He soweth discord. Uh, this This is referencing an evil person. And so the scripture shows us here in Psalm for how to respond uh, when evil prevails. So look, look with me at verse number one, Psalm 4 and verse number one. First of all, uh, when, when we look here at what we are to do when evil prevails, number one, we are to call upon God. Call upon God. Uh, Psalm 4, 1, hear me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. You know, uh, when evil is prevailing, what can we do? We can pray. We can pray. We can call upon God. Uh, And you say, well, pastor, I called upon God uh, for the election, and it didn't turn out how I wanted it to turn out. Uh, I understand that. But we have a sovereign, omniscient God who knows everything. He knows what's in our future. He knows when he's... Well, the Father knows when he's coming back. 
And I'm looking forward to that day. And until that day comes, what can we do when evil prevails? We can call upon God. Uh, we can go to the one who, who does know the answers, who does know what truth is, who does understand uh, all of the ramifications of the evil and the, uh, the raising up of that which is evil. Uh, so here, what do we see? Uh, he said, uh, hear me when I call. So here, uh, we call upon God. Why? Because God hears. He hears. He listens. Hear me when I call. At the end of the verse, he said, and hear my prayer. So, so God is a God. We call upon God. Why? Because God hears. Uh, we call upon God. Why? Because God has enlarged me. Uh, verse number one there, he said, uh, thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Thou hast enlarged me. Uh, that word enlarged there, it means that he delivered me. Uh, he has taken care of us. And David was saying, listen, God, you took care of me in the past. You can take care of me in the future. Amen? Has God taken care of us in this last four years? Has God taken care of us in the last 40 years? Yes. God can take care of tomorrow. He can take care of tomorrow. Uh, we, he has enlarged us. He has delivered me when we were in distress. Uh, he has taken care of us. Uh, he, 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 uh, uh, David says we need to call upon God. Why? Because God hears. God has enlarged or has uh, delivered us. Uh, he has mercy. He has mercy. What a, what a wonderful trait that God has. In the end of verse number one, have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. You know, the, uh, the word mercy and grace, two, two powerful words. And uh, we, we hear the words, but to think what they really mean. Uh, mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. You know, America deserves judgment. We deserve judgment. You know, as America, we deserve the consequences for our actions. We believe in personal responsibility. Amen? And you know, that personal responsibility is a responsibility that all of us should shoulder. And the consequences of our actions, the personal responsibility of sin, the personal responsibility of rejecting God, the personal responsibility of sins of commission, the sins of omission, we are responsible. And our nation has turned away from God. What should we do? Uh, we deserve uh, judgment, uh, but we can call upon a God who has mercy. He has mercy. Uh, he does not give us what we deserve. We see that in the Word of God over and over again, how God uh, showed mercy. Take your Bible and go with me to Genesis chapter number 18. In Genesis chapter 18, we see how uh, there was a, a wickedness in the world uh, that was so wicked that God decided that he was going to completely destroy a city. Uh, go with me to Genesis chapter 18 and verse number 20. 
Genesis 18, 20, uh, the Bible says, And the Lord said, Because of the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me, and if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous? with the wicked. Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy the city, uh, destroy and not and not spare the place for fifty righteous that are therein. That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee shall not the judge of all the earth do right. Just stop and think about this prayer, this conversation that Abraham is having with God Almighty. And he's saying, listen, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? I mean, can you imagine uh, being able to talk to God that way? But Abraham had a relationship with God. And as he is communicating with God, he said, listen, uh, this city deserves judgment, but there are some righteous people there. Now, when we think about righteous individuals uh, here, we're not talking about right living individuals. We're talking about saved individuals. We're talking about the imputed righteousness of salvation because Lot was not living a righteous life. Lot had vexed his righteous soul from day to day, the Bible says, uh, with the unlawful deeds. He kept his family in Sodom. He raised a family in an ungodly situation uh, to the extent even that his daughters uh, married uh, heathen of the day and, and were not, uh, uh, did not come out uh, of the city. And, and here Abraham, he goes from uh, 50 righteous saying, God, if there be 50 righteous, righteous, will you uh, withhold judgment from the city? And God said, I will withhold judgment if you can find 50 righteous people. He comes back and says, uh, God, uh, I don't think I can find 50 righteous people there because I know my, my nephew. And, uh, and he said, what if there's a lack of five of the 15? So now we have 40 and five righteous. Uh, would you spare the city for 40 and five? And he says, yes, I'll spare the city for 40 and five. And he comes back, uh, God, what about 40? Would you save it for 40? 40 righteous. Yes, I'll, I'll save the city for 40 righteous. He comes back to 30, then to 20, then to 10. He doesn't go any below 10. And there were eight that were in the city. And, and here when we find that God was willing to show mercy and not judgment. God is a God of mercy. Now there were not 10 righteous and because of that, God destroyed the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. We think about Nineveh and how Nineveh was such a wicked city, and they deserve the judgment. They deserve to have the judgment of God upon them. In Jonah chapter 3 and verse number 9, uh, Jonah chapter 3, verses 4 through 9, the Bible says, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. Now, uh, this is after Jonah has already fled from God. This is after Jonah has got on that ship uh, going to Tarshish. Uh, this is after uh, he, was, he was thrown overboard and spent three days in the whale's belly. You know, people get up and say, well, it's not possible for a man to be swallowed by a whale. 
Scientists will say that. Isn't it ironic? Uh, just this week, uh, there was a kayaker uh, that was out in the ocean, and they were watching the uh, beluga whales. And as they were watching these, uh, these whales, uh, a whale came up and bit right where the kayaker was at. There are boats all over. And this, this guy, he gets catapulted out of his kayak, but the entire kayak almost disappeared in this whale's mouth. It's pretty awesome. When God says he's going to do something, he can do it. And it doesn't matter whether the scientist believes it or not. Uh, but I would not, wanted to, would not have wanted to be that kayaker. I'll promise you that. Uh, years ago, Mrs. Brown and I and some friends, uh, we were on a 21-foot uh, boat. And we were up in the San Juan Islands. And, uh, and as we were up in the Strait of Juan de Fuca, we were watching for whales. And we got out ahead of this pod of killer whales. And so uh, we're watching. And you have these huge dorsal fins, about seven eight feet come up out of the water and then they'll go down and they come back up and they were swimming in pairs and they were coming right at the boat and so I'm like man I want to get a good picture so I jump up on the back corner of the of the boat and I'm standing right there and I'm watching uh, and I'm taking pictures as these killer whales come up and they go down and it was really cool until they were about from me to uh, this first chair and then those six-foot dorsal fins went below the boat. I was just about in the water with these killer whales. It was, if they would have hit that boat, I would have been in. Uh, but it was pretty cool up until just about that point. All of a sudden, it was like, ooh, this is probably not a good place to be. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, here, here, when we think about Jonah, he has now been spewed out. He is on the shore there. Uh, of Nineveh, and he, the Bible says, and he began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, and proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even unto the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he, ar and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king, his noble, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? You see, uh, Jonah here, he wasn't wanting to preach this message, but God gave him a message, and God gave him a second chance. And now Jonah gets onto the shore, and he goes to Nineveh, and he preaches an eight-word message. Oh, to have one of them. You would, you would probably enjoy that, having an eight-word uh, message. Uh, but he, he had eight powerful words. They were pointed words. They were purposeful words. And yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And we look at verse number 10 of chapter 3. And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them. And he did it not. What was it? God showed mercy. God showed mercy. You know, God is not a respecter of persons. If God showed mercy to Nineveh, God can show mercy to America. 
He said, Pastor, there's no hope for America. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Uh, it's, there's still hope. There's still hope. Uh, we might not see it. We might not look at it and say, well, I can see this path. It doesn't matter what we can see. It matters what God can see. And uh, here we see that uh, there was a, uh, the, the response of David uh, was to call upon God. So what do we do? Uh, show me the good. How do we see the good? Uh, call upon God. How do we see the good? Commune with your own heart. Commune with your own heart. Go back to Psalm chapter 4 and verse number 4. He said, stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. You know, the musing of our heart controls our direction. The musing of our heart controls our attitude. And as Brother Valier made that statement uh, when he preached here about a week ago, he said, your attitude determines your altitude. And, and with that, we have to commune upon our heart. We have to commune within our own heart. That word commune means to expect. It means to believe. It means to suppose. It means to have a conversation with yourself. You know, we have conversations with ourselves all the time. And sometimes our emotions take our conversation a complete wrong way. And here what David is saying, you be purposeful in your musing. Be purposeful in the meditations of your heart. Be cautious about what you are thinking. Uh, you see, uh, we need to commune uh, with ourselves. Uh, in verse number seven, he said, Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than the time that their corn and their wine increase. He said, you know, he said, the evil is prospering, but you still, you put gladness in my heart. You put gladness in my heart. Uh, you know, uh, whatever the circumstances, the evil may prevail, but we can still have gladness in our heart. Uh, why? Because uh, not only does God put gladness in our heart, uh, he is a gracious God. Uh, we, we see in verse number eight, he says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, hast, uh, thou Lord only makest me dwell in safety. You know, I can have gladness in my heart. I can have that peace that's there. Why? Because we have a gracious God. We have a gracious God. I can lay down in peace. I can sleep. I can rest in safety. Why? Because God's in control. God's in control. So, pastor, man, there's just all this going on around us. I know. I've had to have quite a few conversations with myself. I mean, I, I am, I've been thinking, okay, revolution, here we go, let's go. And on the other side, it's like, okay, that's not what the Lord's calling me to do. What, what happens? We have, to, we have to converse with ourselves. We have to, sometimes what we want to do, the impulses, 
Man, we gotta, we got to make sure that we are where we need to be. And what is that? Well, when I'm calling upon God, I'm looking at heavenward. Like, okay. It changes my heart. See, we can have a glad heart even when evil prevails. You know, the world can't steal that joy from us. You see, joy, uh, when we think about happiness, happiness is a result of happenings. Joy comes from the Lord. David is saying, God, you put gladness in my heart. You know what? You and I can have gladness. We can come before the Lord and ask him to give us that gladness in our heart uh, and, and in our lives. Uh, they, they say that a composer of a musical score will sometimes include some discords uh, to create an overall pleasing effect. And in a similar manner, God sometimes will, uh, in his ultimate purpose, will uh, allow evil uh, to prevail for a, for a period to, to show and exhibit a greater good. We can't see it, but the script hasn't been finished. Life is not over. God still has a plan. So, so what do we do in, when, evil, uh, when evil prevails? Number one, call upon God. Number two, call, commune with your own heart. Number three, continue. Continue. Verse number five, offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Just continue. We can't allow the actions of the world to change who we are. Continue. Just be faithful. You keep doing what you're supposed to do. You and I, we, we are supposed to just keep on doing right. Uh, continue with the sacrifices. He said the sacrifices of righteousness. What was he saying? He was saying that uh, we live a life of righteousness. Don't let the evil change who we are. It doesn't matter what the world accepts. It doesn't matter what the world uh, has, has embraced. You and I need to continue with our sacrifices of righteousness. Just keep on on living that righteous life. There was a man that purchased a paper at a newspaper stand and he greeted the news, uh, newspaper uh, man there uh, uh, very courteously, but in return, uh, he was uh, received a gruff and a rough uh, response. And, uh, and the man uh, accepted the newspaper and was very gracious and kind. And another customer was standing there, and, and he, he asked him, he said, does, does he always treat you that way? And he said, yes, every day. He said, then, why do you always respond so, so kindly? He said, because I don't want him to determine how I act. You know, we can look around at what the world's doing and it can provoke us to respond in a bad way. You know what we need to do? Just continue. God's keeping score. He knows what's taking place. You and I just need to keep on trusting the Lord. Just continue. Continue in your faith. Continue serving. Continue doing what God has called us to do. Why? Because 
One day we're going to stand before him. And that's what's going to matter. Now, this morning, are you ready to see the Savior? Do you know the Lord as your personal Savior? Do you know him? Are you saved? If you're not saved, you need to accept the Lord today. If you're saved, say, Pastor, these are, these are terrible days. What are, what are we going to do? What's going to be the situation for our children? We don't know, but God does. God does. Just keep calling upon God. Commune with your own heart and continue. Just continue. Be faithful to God. Father, I pray that you'd help each of us and Lord, all of us in our own lives. There are different pressures and problems and struggles. There are some that we face uh, corporately and there are others that are just individual. But Lord, as we live in this world where evil seems to continue, uh, continue to prevail, I pray, God, that you would help us to, to keep our eyes on you. I pray that you would give us the, the strength that we need. We pray that you would uh, help us, Lord, to, uh, to see uh, the good. Show me the good. Uh, help us to look to heaven. Uh, we still can pray. We still have a heavenly Father that loves us and cares about us. And I pray that you would help us, uh, Lord, to just continue serving you no matter what takes place down here on this earth. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You say, Pastor, the Lord spoke to my heart this morning. He put his finger on something in my life, and I'm going to do business with God. He, I was, I was helped. I was, I was rebuked. I was strengthened. But God did something. And if the Lord is working in your life, you just talk to the Lord about that right now. Just ask the Lord to help you with the struggles that you're facing. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, you're not sure. You're doubting your eternal salvation. Let me encourage you to come. We'll have someone take the Bible and show you exactly what God has to say about you going to heaven. Maybe you're watching online and you're unsure. There's a number that's on your screen. Let me encourage you, just text heaven to that number. And as you, as you do, we will have someone get right back with you and answer any questions that we can about your eternal destiny. Christian, God's still in control. Don't lose hope.